0: Hi, this is Cameron again. I'm back with my podcast, still with the same confusing name if you try to search it, even though we still haven't gotten approved for Spotify or Apple Podcasts, which is pretty lame. But people have been listening, and I'm thankful for you all who have been listening. And this week, my guest is Lee Kress, drummer in a band called Allison Blue. So hi, Lee. Hi. How are you?
1: I'm doing good. How are you?
0: i'm doing wonderful um so just real quick you are the drummer in alice in blue so tell me where your band is located and kind of the area in which you play
1: and whatnot yeah so um right now we're all three of us uh jack and spencer jack plays the guitar spencer plays the bass they're brothers. Um, we all three of us live in Virginia Beach, but I feel like we would consider us ourselves more to be like a Norfolk band just because um, Virginia Beach doesn't really have a scene except for a bunch of like uh, dirty old surfer bars, <laughs> I guess you could say. But yeah, Norfolk's really um, where the scene's at and it's definitely growing. So I guess we would consider ourselves a Norfolk band. Yeah.
0: S- sweet. That's very cool. I love Norfolk. Um it's, it's a cool place to go. I've only been a few times, but I've really enjoyed my time there when I have been. And, uh, it's good that you're able to be in a music scene somewhere that's nearby and, and kind of be a part of that.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's, um, I feel like the music scene in Norfolk definitely fluctuates, but it's really, really interesting because I know that, like, in the 80s it was like really really like punk and stuff and now it's more like indie and um there's been a couple places recently that have like closed which kind of sucks Mm -hmm. but um yeah like the i guess the music scene in norfolk like even me and jack are talking about this is just like a really really small version of like the richmond music scene Mm -hmm. or like it's kind of headed in that direction because um richmond is only like a couple hours away and uh it's like um got a lot of house shows going on and I mm-hmm. definitely feel like I can see that coming to Norfolk and uh even I can feel the in my soul I feel the punk scene growing a little bit right. with uh the people that I hang out with cuz they're playing a bunch more shows too so it's pretty cool.
0: Sweet. Uh so you said it used to be like a punk kind of vibe there and then turned more into indie. So like, where would you classify your band and the style of music that you play?
1: Oh, yeah. So, um, my band's genre is shoegaze. I don't know if you... Have you heard of shoegaze?
0: I have not, but I'm very intrigued.
1: Okay. <laughs> no, yeah, usually the um, response that I get to shoegaze is just like, I have no idea what <laughs> you're talking about. And I'm just like, here, let me explain. Don't don't worry. But... um <laughs> So, it's pretty much just, like, wall of sound, I guess you could say. It's a lot of, like, um, reverb on the drums. Mm -hmm. It's kind of, it's, like, kind of spacey, but it, like, feels heavy and, like, um, it's, like, 90s. If you just um, envision, like, 90s subculture, it's, like, shoegaze. There's, like, a couple bands that uh, me and Jack really like. The... Most famous one, I guess, would be My Bloody Valentine, mm-hmm. and then um, this other band called Were. That's like from the 2000s, mm-hmm. I guess. I honestly, I don't know where when Were was. That, <laughs> that's confusing to say, but yeah, um, yeah. So, and the reason that I got into it was because of Jack. Like, I literally had no idea what shoegaze was, and then Jack was like, "Do you want to be in a band?" And I was like, "Yeah, of course." And then he was like. So gaze, And I was like, <laughs> um, I don't understand, but okay, I'll do it.
0: Awesome. Well, that's, you know, definitely new to me, but I like the sound of it. Um, I actually checked out were one time because Jack put it on his Instagram story and oh, yeah. I saw it and I was like, that seems kind of interesting. And I checked it out and it's been a while, so I don't really remember it a lot, but I do know I have checked it out.
1: That's cool. That's cool. You've checked out Shoegaze and you didn't (laughs) even know it. That's pretty fun.
0: So you said that Jack kind of approached you and was like hey, do you want to be in a band? So will you talk about kind of like where you were as a drummer, kind of how you started and then the transition into becoming a drummer in a band?
1: Yeah. um, Well, the guy at my church we were at like a church cookout and uh the guy that plays drums in my church his name is rob he's what a cool man (laughs) every drummer that i know is just so cool but um i was like in eighth grade that was like three almost four years ago but um i was too shy to go up and ask him for drum lessons so my dad did it and like at this point i knew you and i was like okay but he plays drums so and I've been wanting to play drums, so if my friend Cameron can do it, I can do it. <laughs> but, anyways, um, yeah. So he just started teaching me, uh, and I kind of got like thrown into the the worship band, I guess. So that uh-huh. uh, Rob was like, "Let me take a little break. You're gonna play drums." <laughs> so we still like switch off every every week or so, um, or we just do it like whenever we can. But it was really interesting because. Uh, I got thrown into, like, a metronome right away. Mm -hmm. And um, so it was definitely – and, like, the first time that I had – I would, like, go to the worship practices and just play a couple songs and, like, try to get used to playing with, like, a band, even if it's just, like, cover songs of worship. And uh, the first time that I, like, played at, like – in the worship band it was a total wreck and i don't (laughs) think that i ever wanted to play drums ever again anyways but yeah so i was kind of i had been jamming with a couple people and i had wanted to start a band but uh jack just like dm'd me and we knew some of the same people and for some reason it just worked out like he just came over and something clicked musically Mm -hmm. and uh I've definitely progressed as a drummer from like um, all the different bands that like he's showed me and trying to draw inspiration from those and stuff. But um, yeah, now I just, yeah, now I'm an Allison Blue, I guess. <laughs>
0: nice. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely, <laughs> I mean, there's nothing, you know, crate, uh, Jeez, what am I trying to say? There's nothing like weird about it. It's, it's definitely yeah. like a like, unique story because you were thrown in on a metronome right away, which I'm just going to be honest with you. When you started playing drums and like, like you said, we've known each other for a while now. So I remember when you started and the way you progressed from the start was way more than I progressed when I started. And I've talked about this with some other guys before lately how it took me the longest time to start practicing with a metronome and I really wish I would have done that from the start so the fact that you had someone like Rob who I used to hear a lot about you know to (laughs)
1: man what a guy to
0: like throw you in with a metronome that's really you know smart of him knowing what it takes to kind of progress as a drummer in my opinion so I think that's very cool that you got that as a start and you had someone kind of like a mentor to throw you into that and get you some experience.
1: Yeah, for sure. It definitely was um, a lucky scenario that I got put into. Mm
0: Yeah, because you said the first time you played, it was like a wreck and you were like, I don't want to play again. And I think that's what a lot of drummers need to start with. You know, you need that first really bad, kind of performance, because that kind of tells you if, you know, if I really want to do this, I need to make sure I'm good at it. And it kind of helps you get better at the craft, I feel like.
1: No, yeah, that's definitely true. I was definitely so embarrassed. But at the same time, um i wasn't like just gonna sit around and be embarrassed for myself i was like you know if i mess up now i just gotta make something better to kind of make up for it so that people aren't like wow what an awful untalented little girl (laughs) she is
0: (laughs) definitely if i
1: am going to be a woman in the drum community i definitely need to uh do something like uh not be bad at drums (laughs) if that makes sense
0: yeah i get what you're saying um it's it's definitely a male-heavy kind of instrument just in general. So it's very cool to see girl drummers. It's not, you know, it's not something that's rare. It's just it seems mm-hmm. to be something that doesn't come up very often, and it's kind of refreshing to see it, especially when, you know, they're as talented as you are at playing your drums because I know from videos I've seen of you playing with the band, you're more talented where you are as a drummer than a lot of people that I've seen play drums. So regardless of gender, you know, it's about how good you are and you've already kind of gotten to that point where you're good enough to say, Hey, I'm good. And then you can pick on different things to improve on your craft that make your sound unique.
1: Thank you. That means a lot actually, because, um, it definitely is something that's a little bit strange, like being a girl drummer, because when I tell people that I'm in a band or like when me and Jack and Spencer go to shows and we're like, yeah, we're in a band and they're like trying to guess who plays what instrument. Uh-huh. Like all the 40 year old dads are like, oh, you must sing. And I'm <laughs> yeah. Just like, nah. They're like, oh, guitar. And I'm like, nah. And they're like, bass. And I'm <laughs> like, no. And then they're like, drums. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, this is crazy. <laughs> So yeah, it's pretty, it's interesting. Um, also, our name is Allison Blue and I get called Allison a lot. They're like, oh, that's Allison. <laughs> I'm like, I am the girl, but I'm not Allison. But yeah.
0: So how- I, I
1: kind of forgot what the, sorry, I kind of forgot what, the, uh, what you were saying. And my brain does that a lot where I just <laughs> forget what's happening and then I just start rambling. So I apologize. No,
0: you're good. You answered the question perfectly and segued you know into another question which is how did you how did you and jack and spencer get the band name
1: oh that's an interesting question um so when i first met jack the band name that he was calling himself uh just a one-man band i guess Uh before he found uh bandmates was uh the blue velvet and i think that was I don't know if it was a reference to the movie or the song or just like the feeling of how it sounds, but, um, you know, we decided that we didn't want to get copyrighted Uh or anything like that. So we decided to change the name and there's this one, um, obviously we kept blue, Mm -hmm. but there's this one shoe gay song by this band called slow dive called Allison, And, uh, we had just been thinking of band names for so long and I guess Jack just came up with that and we were like, yeah, that's perfect. It works. It feels good. It sounds good. Um, And like, I think, I think a lot of people forget that like, um, like names or like art doesn't necessarily have to have like this super deep meaning like all the time. Mm -hmm. And it can just sometimes be like, wow, this makes me feel an emotion and I can appreciate that.
0: Yeah, totally. I really like the name. It, it flows well, you know, it It can be brought up in conversation with, you know, any other big name band and feel kind of seamless when you say it, you know, it's not like a, wait, what did you say type of name? It's it's <laughs> yeah. very much a good band name. And um, yeah, I remember when, when the band was called Blue Velvet, and I'm just going to be honest with you, I'm glad that it changed because I hate Velvet, so... <laughs> <laughs> It's like
1: the texture of it yeah, the, or like the way that it looks.
0: The texture is literally the worst. I cannot touch it. <laughs> so yeah, definitely, That's so funny. definitely an improvement in my opinion.
1: <laughs> I think it's an improvement in everyone's opinion. <laughs> um, honestly, Velvet is so controversial. And I have like, I understand why, but it's such a big deal for no reason in my brain. <laughs> And, like, for uh, the people, like, sixth grade, not sixth grade, freshman year, Lee was just, like, Velvet is so controversial, (laughs) and I don't know why. Anyway, yeah. Isn't
0: that the case with most things, though? Like, the littlest things are the most controversial?
1: Yeah, no, it's, like, um, some stupid uh, Facebook thing. People will go buck wild over whatever uh, their opinion, and I'm just, like i don't why does it matter what color this dress is or what color these vans are or if you like velvet or not but um no i think sometimes it's just fun to like entertain it Mm -hmm. you know um and just see people's reactions when you're like yes that dress is black and blue uh and then they're like you're insane this is whack (laughs) what are you talking about and i'm just like ah sorry sorry man (laughs)
0: for sure that's yeah that's a great point i like you said sometimes it's just like okay whatever like it doesn't really matter (laughs) and then sometimes you do come across something like that where you have an opinion like me with suede whereas with the dresses i'm like you i'm like whatever no one cares so (laughs) and then
1: when everyone was getting uh suede shoes and everyone was like this is crazy (laughs) And you're just like, it's just shoes, guys. Come yeah. on.
0: Which, by the way, <laughs> Blue Suede Shoes, my favorite Elvis song ever.
1: Oh, that's pretty cool. I haven't heard it, but I'll check it out after, after we're done recording. It's
0: actually just a song that Elvis stole, but, you know, whatever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> has, has not been the first time in musical history <laughs> someone has stolen a song and people like it. So Def- I'm not blaming Elvis.
0: Definitely not the first time Elvis did it either.
1: yeah (laughs) a man of many steals
0: absolutely so speaking of Elvis he has been a big figure in like my life in general because my grandmother who passed away a few years ago she absolutely loved Elvis like in the house there were pictures of Elvis in frames that sat in front of pictures of the family so like music even from that standpoint has been a big part of my life my whole life. Mm-hmm. And I know your dad has some pretty strong connections to a certain band um, and like likes and interest, or at least from what I remember. So could you talk about kind of any influences that you've had from maybe your parents or things like that that come into your love for music?
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm going to start off by saying um, I remember... I, it, like, just gave me flashbacks of, like, when we used to talk, like, a lot more, and um, we're closer friends and stuff, but just, like, uh, I just remember seeing pictures of Elvis uh-huh. that you would send me, and I just thought it was the funniest thing, <laughs> and that just gave me flashbacks, and that's so funny. Um, wow, I just... <laughs> okay, anyways, we can talk about that later. Yeah, but, for um, sure. My dad... uh. He went through a lot of phases, um, but the one that's most prominent, I guess you could say, uh, not like necessarily in my life, but just in general would be um, his like deadhead phase. Cause he, well, um, <laughs> uh, it's the hippie man. Yes. But he uh, followed the Grateful Dead around for about four years. And um, he just went to every show. And like there was just a whole community of people that would do the same exact thing, and they would just like sell stuff in the parking lot. Like it's so weird; they had their own little economy <laughs> going on, like just money flowing uh, back and forth from all these hippies. And it was just like it's it's a it's quite interesting. Um, I hope that I I'm not like too into Grateful Dead but I think that that like community and the stories that he has shared with me definitely um influences me in a way where I just want to be a part of a community like that Mm -hmm. and uh just people that are so involved into music that they have that they're just living out of a van and they're just following music wherever it takes them and like I just think that's so cool
0: yeah yeah that's super cool I love like you said I'm not the biggest like Grateful Dead fan. I don't really listen to their music. I do occasionally because I'm a big John Mayer fan. So I listen to like Dead and company, Uh but you know, it's not something that I listen to often, but I can really, like you said, appreciate the kind of culture that's built around just music in general, especially when it's a certain band that everyone can come together and, you know, love collectively. It's, it's really cool.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, um, just even with uh like the people that I like hang out with and jam with now, it's like um and like skateboard with and stuff. it's just a lot of like we were brought together because of music because like um there's there's a lot of people in Virginia Beach and Norfolk and stuff and even in Chesapeake and places around in Hampton roads, I guess that play guitar and um there's not like a whole lot of drummers Mm -hmm. so i have a lot of uh connections that way and um just like how the i don't know it's just interesting to me that i one day had no idea who these people were and now i'm jamming with them and like uh going to little house shows and it's all because of uh music or like a certain genre or, um, a certain, like, aesthetic, or just, I don't know, the community around, uh, music, and particularly, uh, with the group of people that I'm talking about, just, like, the punk music Mm -hmm. and stuff, and, um, not that when we jam, it's always, like, super hardcore. I think my neighbors would literally chase me down the street (laughs) if that was the case, but, yeah, and, um, because, uh, my dad, and before he was in his uh Grateful Dead phase, he was in like a in little intellectual phase <laughs> uh, with like the Smiths. But before that, he was like a little uh skater punker boy, whatever you want to call <laughs> yeah. it, I guess. And so I had a little bit of those roots. And when I started realizing that there's people around Virginia Beach like this, and that I started hanging out with them, it definitely came out more and that style of drumming. Uh, is becoming more apparent mm-hmm. um, with what I'm doing, but I have to. Sometimes I have to remind myself that like fast doesn't equal good, mm-hmm. and it's just like doing what's best for the music is the the how to be a good drummer. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah,
0: absolutely. That makes the most sense of you know anything when it comes to drumming. I've tried to explain that and not come off as articulate. Oh, I messed that word up. Articulate. (laughs) You know what I'm saying. I'm not...
1: I know what you're saying. Yeah, I'm not even
0: articulate with that word. Um, But it's for sure playing to match the song, not trying to make the song match the drums that makes a good drummer, because it doesn't matter how cool or how fast or how impressive a drum beat is if it completely overpowers the song and kills it. And that's something that I have done before in recordings that are out currently. That you know I can learn from going forward as a drummer and say, Mm -hmm. okay, I know not to make that mistake on another song that we make. So it's it's -hmm. definitely good as a drummer to know that stuff for sure.
1: For sure, it's definitely. Sometimes it's like an ego thing Mm -hmm. too, where um, because I think that every member of a band wants to be like, yes, I'm in this band, so I will show up all of my talent. And sometimes uh, it's a humble reminder that a band is a collection of people and not singular people just thrown together. Exactly.
0: Yeah, I definitely get that because when my band Rain Theory, when we started, I kind of wanted to be, you know, I wouldn't say that I have, like, a huge ego, but when it comes to music, I started to a little bit, and I wanted, like, my drums to be noticed and be heard. And I was like, oh, I want to be the John Bonham of this group. And Mm
1: -hmm. then we
0: found out that our music is, you know, going to be not very drum-heavy. It's going to be, you know, a lot of kind of softer stuff, which isn't what I was used to playing, but it's something that has Mm -hmm. helped me tremendously as a drummer and now that i've kind of gotten a feel for where our sound is going now after we released music and kind of heard what we liked and didn't like the direction where we're heading now is going to be slightly different if not largely different from our previous recordings and it's kind of it was a good starting point to see okay this is the stuff that didn't work. I don't need to try to shine through on every track because really what's going to shine through is just a good overall song. And people will say, oh, that drum beat, you know, it might not be super crazy, but it makes the song sound good. And that's yeah. that's something I wish I would have learned earlier. But I'm grateful that, you know, I kind of realize it now.
1: Yeah, I think it's good to realize it. Um, uh it's it's good to realize it in general than never at all, no matter, like, when you realize awesome. it. Um, but, yeah, like, even, I think the first time I truly understood that um, was when I, like, a couple of years ago, I listened to Pink Floyd awesome. a lot, and um, I would listen to the Wall album just in my room, like, over and over and over again, and, like, I was like, man, I forget that the drums are here just because they blend in so well, but they add so much. And I think that's when I was just like, this man, he's not doing some crazy stuff, but he is doing something that's so perfect for what's um, being created as a whole. And I just Mm -hmm. was like, this is important and I need to I need to realize this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's very well worded and definitely. Echoes, you know, everything that we had just talked about about that, you know, trying to make the collect the collective music sound as good as, you know, the collective unit can make it rather than trying to outshine one another.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, So going into the next thing. We haven't talked about this in a long time, but okay. if you don't mind. You know, we talked about how music connects people. And like everyone else I've interviewed on this podcast so far, I met them through music. So this is the third podcast, and it will be the third different band that I met someone through. So would you mm-hmm. tell everyone <laughs> how <laughs> we how we met some probably four or five years ago? through music and which band it
1: was. (laughs) So I don't remember exactly how we Mm -hmm. met, but um, honestly, uh, I just have to say it. Um, Hey guys. So we met through the band um, (laughs) 21 Pilots. Uh, Well, I think it's okay to say uh, because I'm not the same person. (laughs) I had progressed, but, um, like that really was just like a big part of, I feel like we both yeah, were at the sure. time and I don't want to, I like feel ashamed, but I'm not going yeah. to, like, uh, I just have to embrace it right now, honestly. Yeah. Um, I knew this was common. <laughs> I was like, I got to prepare myself to tell, uh, whoever is listening that I used to non-stop listen to 21 <laughs> Pilots. But um, if I'm being honest, back then their music like wasn't that bad.
0: I I'm Anyways. gonna be honest. I still enjoy it. I don't listen to it nearly as much. But when they come out with stuff, yeah. I do listen and I enjoy it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm not um, invested into everything that they're doing right. now. That um, when they like when the new uh, trench came out, my parents were like, "We got you the CD," <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, cool." I'll and we listen to it in the car sometimes. But, um, yeah, and, like, I just remember um, I used to draw you pictures of Josh. Yeah, John, I
0: still have them. And I used them. to
1: send them to you. Yeah. Really? Oh, that's so they cool. They are in a
0: folder <laughs> with a bunch of other 21 pilot stuff that I took off of my wall. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we had a little bit of technical difficulties, and the call dropped with Lee. But we're about to be right back. And continue this fun interview. Hope you enjoy the rest of the pod. I guess I could say that Josh Dunn is somewhat of the reason that I started back drumming because I had like a little kids playset drum set when I Ooh. was probably eight or nine that I got, and I had set <laughs> up all wrong and like had no. Cohesiveness yeah. or cohesion. I don't know which one is the right word, but it was just kind of crazy. And I got away from it, tried a bunch of instruments, tried guitar and everything, couldn't learn any of it. So I came back to drums because I thought Josh Dunn was <laughs> the coolest guy in the world. And I honestly still kind of think he yeah, is. Yeah, why not? A little bit. But um so would you say that he was part of kind of inspiration for starting drums, or was it something that you had wanted to do before and just never really attempted it until after the fact? Or what would you say is the biggest factor in you picking um, up drumsticks?
1: I think it's like uh, there was this subconscious subconsciously inside that was scared to to make some noise. But, uh, and I was just like, mm-hmm. I don't know how to do this. I'm just a tiny little, small little girl. I don't know how to make some big noises. But... Um, <laughs> yeah so definitely when I found twenty one pilots they definitely inspired me a lot, and I would say that Josh Dunn definitely like was one of the reasons why I started playing drums though um asked me on the street I probably wouldn't- would not admit it um <laughs> just because man, I'm just so sad that they don't have the best rap, like they were a big part of uh my mm-hmm. growing up, and I'm still growing up, but um yeah, no, well, I played guitar. I, like, learned the G chord when I was, like, five years old. That's what I mean by played guitar. <laughs> um, and then I was like, you know what? I just need to do something else. Like, um, like I went to an art school at that time, and, like, uh, I was like, you know what? I don't really want to do this. I need to find something else that's going to make me feel better about life. And, uh yeah it was drums and I could just come home from like a bad day and just hit the drums hard and forget everything and then like be all tired and sweaty and feel accomplished.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So saying all that, who would you say are your current influences in terms of drummers that you look up to? um...
1: I don't know if there's any like particular drummers but um some of the I guess just depending on like uh what I'm feeling at the moment, I'll listen to like different genres like goth or whatever and then I'll be like, Wow, these drums are cool and they like kind of sound electronic ish and I wanna do that. And then I'll listen to like surf music and I'll be like, but now there's like rudiments and I don't know any rudiments, but I want to do that. <laughs> or like, uh, even with Shoes yeah. and like uh, so many other genres that aren't um, like rap or whatever, but I'll just listen to it with, with whatever emotion I'm feeling and be like, wow, these drums as a whole are just crazy. And I wish that I could just do all of it.
0: Yeah, for sure. I get that because I draw a lot of inspiration from a lot of different genres. And just speaking of the different genres that you listen to and kind of draw inspiration from, I know that, you know, I use Apple Music because yes, it is it the does. best. And <laughs> we are we are friends on Apple Music. And one day I was curious and I went and looked mm-hmm. at some of your playlists and I noticed that you had one titled Goth, one titled Emo, and then above, and then above the two, it was one titled Christian, and I was like, "Wow, I love the uh, the wide variety of different genres that are represented kind of here."
1: Um, yeah, like uh, my Jesus playlist. Um, no, yeah, I have. I mm-hmm. just have like uh, I just put like a thousand songs into a playlist and if if it's like fits into like a genre and i'm just like okay i'm feeling kind of mad i'll listen to some punk music and then but then i'm like oh wait but punk music's <laughs> not the best music so now i need to cleanse my soul with some jesus music yeah <laughs> so yeah and i feel like i definitely got that from my dad just because like we have 20 billion cds in the house and it's just like uh Like punk, there's some like Bauhaus and like Meat Puppets, and like Meat Puppets just (laughs) sounds disgusting. Like, but they're such a good band. But every time you hear their name, I'm like, wow, I want to throw up. That's so raunchy. And then I'm just like, said (laughs) Hill Song, and that just makes that just makes my soul feel nice and clean. But yeah,
0: yeah, Bethel music. They have they have a (laughs) beer as their logo, so I'm gonna listen to them. Yes, exactly. I totally get that because um, if you remember, my dad is like, he is, I mean, what you could call, and he calls himself this as well. So I'm not like saying this in a negative way. He is a Jesus freak. So he listens to Christian hip hop and rap all the time. But then you'll catch him listening to, like, yeah. Hank Williams Jr. And I'm like, it's such a strange variety of things that this redneck <laughs> man listens to. That's so to. funny.
1: Um, he So, like, when you say uh, Christian hip-hop, are you talking about, like, LaCroix and, like, Andy Mineo and stuff? That's so fun. Yes, he listens to <laughs>
0: all of that.
1: I love that so much.
0: And, and not only that, but sadly, my cousin said set up a Snapchat account for him oh. that he uses to rap rap these songs what? on his story. Yeah, so that's actually really cool. Um, you know, hopefully he gets a record deal or something. That would
1: be so awesome. Cuz then uh <laughs> cuz then it'd be like um your dad found the gateway and then you guys could Rain Theory could also just become famous or then he could become famous and then he could just join Rain Theory and then he could have like a dramatic, like, <laughs> I quit, but you guys are still famous.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> ideally, that's probably the best case scenario of anything that I've heard from <laughs> the band so
1: far. Just let me be your manager. Once uh, Once Jack gets For to college, sure. um, Alice and Blue <laughs> will be playing less gigs, so I'm going to need something to do.
0: <laughs> For sure. So... Okay, that brings up an interesting point. So, Jack, I guess, is soon to be mm-hmm. going to college. So, what does the future of Alice and Blue kind of look like as a um,
1: group? I'm not sure what Spencer's going to be doing. Uh, I don't know. I always have no idea what Spencer's doing. Uh, he's a cool guy, but he... I think his passion lies in photography. I don't think it is in music. I think he initially joined the band out of jack being like i need a bassist please play bass and then spencer was like i just take some pictures and then jack was like you will play bass and it it works out so it's not a bad thing but um yeah like jack's gonna be going to he's gonna be living in charlottesville he's gonna be going to uva this boy has worked so hard Mm -hmm. but anyway um so I think after I graduate I'm either planning on moving to Richmond or Charlottesville and if I move to Charlottesville I'm not sure if it'll if uh, like if me and Jack played music together which we will uh, no matter where I live but uh, if we would play under the name Allison Blue or if um, we would just like start a different band or if we would just jam Uh, so I don't um, think that Alice in Blue is going to, like, die. But I just think that um, Mm -hmm. we won't be necessarily, like, together. And even if, like, I could... I always see myself jamming with Jack in the future, but I don't know if it's with Alice in Blue. Um, After Jack leaves, uh, I think we just might call every show a reunion show. And I think that that would be kind of funny. (laughs) And um, there's always just, like, jokes in the band that uh, we're going to just do, um, like, 10 covers of Wonderwall or, like, something wacky like that. (laughs) So maybe um, Alice Blue will just become, like, a Wonderwall cover band.
0: (laughs) Well, that (laughs) would definitely be something that I would pay to see. If I saw a poster that said Alice Blue, you know, reunion show. And it just even had the word Wonderwall yeah. anywhere on the poster. <laughs> I would definitely pay probably thousands of dollars um, I to see that.
1: Most people would pay thousands of dollars. <laughs> I think that <laughs> we couldn't charge any less. Um, Jack's got some tuition to pay. Um, I got some places <laughs> to go. Uh, no, yeah, anyway. It's just a little joke, I guess. By the way, everyone, I'm joking. This is just a joke. <laughs>
0: Um, so just speaking of you know possible moving away and whatnot, and the difficulty that that may present to playing gigs and stuff, you know, I do know that you play not currently right now because of coronavirus, but before Corona kind of hit, your band was pretty constantly playing shows, you know playing playing like house shows and then playing at you know some venues and stuff that were pretty legit and had really cool lineups and you got to be a part Mm -hmm. of that so could you talk to me about that and how you got your foot in the door to play shows like that so
1: um the first show that we had was set up by my uncle who is in like a heavy metal band um that plays uh shows around hampton roads and stuff um his band was called Sange. I think they're still a band. They probably are. He's in like a billion bands. And he also plays the <laughs> drums. Um anyways. Uh but so the first gig that we had was at this like place called West Beach Tavern. And let me just tell you, um, uh, there was a gun pulled out. <laughs> It was crazy. Wow. Um, we walked in (laughs) and some lady was like, "What kind of crap band are playing tonight?" And then we are all just like, "Wow, this is our first gig, and so so many wacky things are happening." (laughs) Um, so that was kind of like our uh first show that we played, but I guess like more into the Norfolk scene. Um. Jack and Spencer had been going to these local shows for years now and like there's a local uh, production company named Lava Presents and uh, Jack and Spencer knew the guy that runs it personally they've just been to so many shows like they know local bands and they were already like kind of friends with uh, some other local bands because they had just seen them so many times and Spencer like uh, does concert photography so he took pictures for local bands and so I think that's how they we really got like um, our foot in the door with just Jack and Spencer just years of building up these connections for um something that they didn't mm-hmm. even know was like happening which is right. pretty cool
0: yeah for sure that's super cool um, it's always good to have those connections like that because you never know you know with music where it may lead um
1: no 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 i was gonna say oh yeah for Uh, sure but you can keep talking
0: yeah so so this past summer we kind of as our two bands kind of were trying to figure out a way to play a show together Mm -hmm. and then we had a date up in the air and it ended up just not working out that your band could come down here to North Carolina to play the show and I am so grateful for that now because I consider that show that you were supposed to play with us at our worst performance ever in the history of humanity and I cringe every time I think about it so we definitely should have a show sometime in the future before everything you know kind of splits apart because our band Right now, three of us are in college, and one is a senior in high school about to go to college. But we're all still staying kind of relatively close Mm -hmm. to one another. So we'll be able to continue the band for, you know, the foreseeable future. But there's some uncertainty with, you know, where we may end up, you know, as individuals and as the band going on. So, you know, it'd be super cool to maybe play a show together one day. Um, No, yeah maybe we could come come up to virginia and open for y'all since we have a very small yeah. catalog. No,
1: yeah, I think that would be really uh really I really really want to make that work. I just have no idea how to get shows. But like I think if yeah. <laughs> like I don't do any of that, Jack's just like, "Okay, we got a show this weekend, uh-huh. and like, okay, cool." But um I think that we could definitely make it work, especially I I'm going to have like um a backyard show like my backyard has been, mm-hmm. is being re, reinvent, re, re, what's that one? What's that one word?
0: Uh, renovated. Renovated. Yes. To, yeah.
1: So, <laughs> like, I've been watching too much HDTV <laughs> and I still have no idea how to say that word. Anyway,
0: the best channel.
1: <laughs> Every person on that channel makes me angry. Anyways. Um, uh, yeah, so we're, like, renovating our backyard specifically to, like, be able to play shows, and so, like, even if it's not at a venue, um, I think that it'd still be cool if you guys wanted to come down and play a show in my backyard or something, um, I think that we could really get a turnout, and I think that it would be cool just because of the amount of people that I know that play music, so, yeah, but...
0: Yeah, well, I'll be honest with you, of all of our Rain Theory shows, I'd say 50% were like, you know, like, just DIY, like backyard or in a garage type mm-hmm. shows. So it's been a pretty even split of like legit venues, and then just kind of wherever we can set up in place. So it's definitely not something that, you know, we're against or frown upon, because we understand that. You know, you got to do yeah. those things as a band starting out. And it's it always ends up to be really fun if, you know, we don't screw up like we <laughs> yeah. did with that one show. <laughs> yeah,
1: No, DIY venues are definitely some of the best shows that, like, uh, Alice in Blue has played. Um, just because, like, there's not a whole lot of uh, people there that I feel nervous around for some reason. Like, when all Listen. of my friends come out to a show, I'm just like, uh, I don't want them to think that I suck as being a drummer so yeah and then I like get nervous it's whatever but like the DIY venues that we've played at is they've all been really cool they've been chill like some of them are shut down now but (laughs) (laughs) no yeah uh, we definitely needed those uh we definitely need the DIY venues to really uh repower us into going it back into uh I guess like legit venues Uh
0: uh-huh yeah I get that for sure Um, So as Alice in Blue, do you have like uh, a sizable catalog of original stuff or do you do a mix of original and covers or how do your shows kind of typically Um, go?
1: We don't do any covers. Jack and I and Spencer just feel that that we just like see how other bands get famous off of covers. And then we say maybe we don't want to do that. And uh, the covers yeah. aren't bad by any means. Like, I honestly would be down to play a cover whenever. But I know that, like, Jack, uh, seeing how he just is so uh, articulate about everything, he's just like, no covers, no covers. I don't want to be like, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't even know what bands he's talked about that have been famous from covers. I think maybe, like, Dinosaur Jr. or something. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure. But um, <laughs> so, yeah, we mostly just play, like, original stuff I guess and we have this sort of like formula for like how uh and it's not I guess it's technically not like a formula like we're not sitting down writing like equations or anything but um (laughs) about how like we want people to feel during the show like ups and downs and stuff Uh and like how we feel during certain songs and uh like the placement of songs that we put it's really like um particular because we don't want anything to get lost or like not uh be Mm -hmm. accounted upon uh just because it was placed in the wrong section of the set
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i love that that's definitely something that i put a lot of thought and effort into is organizing a set list so that you know those ups and downs are present and it's not just You know, I mean, just exactly like you said, so that you feel like the emotions that you want to convey through certain songs. And yeah, I totally get what you mean about not playing, you know, not wanting to be a band that gets big because of covers and also get your stance on not really caring, you know, if you play a cover Mm -hmm. or two. And I'm kind of the same way. Like right now we do play a lot of covers so that we have, you know, time Mm -hmm. for shows to kind of fill space. But my biggest thing and the other guys feel pretty much the same way as me is we want to get completely away from covers in the very near future and just play all original stuff. And I'm super excited about that because I'm tired (laughs) of playing the the same covers. So, so I totally get both sides of the coin because, you know, as of right now we're doing it just so that we can have longer Mm -hmm. sets because, Everywhere around here, you know, pretty much every band where we're from is a cover band. So to get a spot, you typically have to play for two hours, you know, if you want to get get a gig. So, you know, they have lineups where it'll be three or four bands that play two hour slots. So we have to we have to, you know, pack a lot of covers in so that we can even get an hour because we've got like 30 minutes of original material you know currently mm-hmm. other than unreleased stuff that we haven't completely you know tweaked yet
1: no yeah like uh i've never even really thought about that like the shows that we play down here like the longest that i think we've played as a band is 45 minutes and most of our mm-hmm. uh, gigs down here and like the i guess like the lava mini fests or whatever like all the slots are like 30 minutes and I don't know I've never really seen like covers fitting into like a 30 minute time slot especially since we have like enough songs to cover it all but that's like crazy Mm -hmm. that you guys have to play for two hours I think I would literally pass out
0: (laughs) yeah it's it's a chore and sometimes you know it works out that we get the full two hours and one time we had a gig at uh an amateur American ninja warrior. Wow. Event.
1: <laughs> That's so cool. And
0: we we were supposed to play for 2 hours and like halfway through the set a guy came up on stage and like was like I've got to make some announcements <laughs> and like he talked for like 30 minutes and we were like okay <laughs> I guess we got three more songs or yeah. something, you know. So it's it's definitely tough when the majority of bands that you're surrounded by are like only cover bands like they don't have any original songs so it's it's tough to get original stuff out there even when we can play it so
1: i think that's um i think that's good for you guys though like just being a band that because whenever we tell people that we make originals you're like no way this is crazy and so like (laughs) i can't imagine if you're in a place where people only play cover songs and then you're like no we we like write our own music they're like what this yeah, is, uh, this is unheard of.
0: <laughs> yeah, it definitely sets us apart in a good way. And I'm super excited. Zach, our vocalist, and he writes, you know, 99.9 of all our lyrics. Like I've said before, I try. None of them have made <laughs> cut yeah. yet. And I'm okay with that because he's so talented at it. But, um, you know, he's so good at, at writing songs. He actually wrote one the other day and posted it on his poetry account mm-hmm. on Instagram. And he was like, um, this is a song I wrote, and I don't think it's strong enough for Rain Theory, so I'm gonna just post it here. And I heard it, and I instantly texted him. I was like, "Bro, we need this song. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so good." So I'm super excited about you know the things to come because, like you said, it kind of it kind of is unheard of around here for original. So we kind of cut through the mix a little bit in that way, and I'm really grateful for that.
1: Yeah, that's super cool. Um,
0: so. A question that I've asked my other two guests so far and a question that I'm really interested to ask you about because you're the first person that I literally have no idea about what kind of gear and stuff you use for your drum setup. So if you don't mind, give us just kind of a overview of your rundown of your rig.
1: Yeah, so I um, listened to your other two podcasts before I am doing this one I guess and I was just like man Uh they're such gearheads and I'm not that (laughs) I am not a gearhead I um (laughs) I think it's because like I don't really have like a like a job so that I can't really like be looking at stuff all the time (laughs) and being like "Ah, I want that but it's like a thousand dollars and I don't have money (laughs) so um yeah but I have uh the stuff that I have is mostly just been like me going to guitar center or like the local music shop with my parents um during like mm-hmm. christmas or something um but i have the for the symbols i have zildjian the zildjian a series mm-hmm. um it came in like one of those packet things so it wasn't like really customized or anything um but i have a 14 inch hi hat um uh, an 18 inch medium thin crash and i really wish that it was thicker because during live shows i just wish that it was louder anyway um mm-hmm. but i won't complain too much about it i can i can uh, <laughs> weep about that on my end. <laughs> But um, yeah, and then I have a 16-inch medium-thin crash, which is almost useless, so I think I need to replace it. (laughs) And then I have a a 21-inch sweet ride, which is my favorite Uh symbol, because I also use it as a crash, because it is so loud. Uh And then um, my kit is just like a five-piece black maple kit. I don't know too much about it. Um, I think it's like intermediate, I guess. Uh, look at me. I'm not representing the drum community, <laughs> the, the women drum community well uh, with my uh, talk of gear. But um,
0: No, um, if you don't mind me saying, I think it's really cool because a lot of people focus more on the gear than their actual play. And I think it's cool that you're focused more on being just a great drummer rather than you know having great gear, because at the end of the day it doesn't matter how good the gear is. you have to be able to play the drums if you're going to be a drummer. so I actually appreciate it. it's kind of refreshing to hear Oh
1: thank you that makes me feel a lot better about myself because um, I'll <laughs> get a, like a, uh, the music shop with Jack, and he'll he's such a gearhead, he'll just be talking about so many different guitars. And I feel like I know more about whatever Jack is doing with his guitars than I know about my drum kit, if I'm being honest <laughs> with you. Or any drum kit. I look at a drum kit and I'm like, oh, that's like a thousand something dollars and it must be a good one, right? I am not sure.
0: <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> but uh I just have like a really crappy chair that I've had for like four years. Um I definitely <laughs> need to upgrade it. It I am always it's always like so sweaty. All the time. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It's just, I try not to worry too much about, like, what I have with the drums. I just kind of get on and do it, if that makes sense.
0: Right, yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, the guy I interviewed for the first podcast, Adrian, he has, I'm pretty sure he has the same Zildjian cymbal pack as you do, Uh, and he plays, like, a more kind of indie pop type vibes, so they fit really well with his mix um being the the thinner symbols mm-hmm. and he he I think he talked about the sweet ride and how he really enjoys that symbol as well. Um and like like I said, you know, you don't have to have great gear. You just have to be, you know, a great drummer if you want to be a great drummer. But and in no ways am I talking badly about Adrian or Mark because they both have good gear and are both really yeah, great yeah. Drummers, they're not like so. ah
1: look at all this no, that i got yeah. and then they just are right
0: crap. right yeah so no shade to them shout out to adrian and mark um i just talked to mark today actually he sent me uh, a drum beat that i'm trying to figure out because i'm a very visual learner cool. so he videoed it for me and helped me because i'm you know this is an awful characteristic for a drummer, but I'm awful at listening to it by ear and figuring it out. I need a lot of visual help. So, I
1: totally, I totally uh, understand that. Uh, I'm just like I, I'll listen to a song and I'm like, I am a drummer. I should know what's happening, but I, <laughs> right. I feel like I don't really know what's happening that well. I need to watch somebody like yeah. do their crisscross arm like there's like certain fills that people can <laughs> just copy by ear and uh-huh. I'm like, I don't know what they're doing. I have no idea.
0: Yeah. Like I don't even know which tom I'm <laughs> yeah. hitting right now. I I need to see no, this. Yeah, so. exactly. But um okay, I just have maybe one or two more okay, questions. Good. Um Do you have any music currently released with Alice in Blue and If so, or if not, do you plan on releasing any in the near future?
1: Okay, so here's the thing. Um, (laughs) We do, but I don't like telling people about it because it's so badly recorded. Um,
0: Oh, okay.
1: So, technically, yes. Um, (laughs) From what I want people to know, no, we don't. Um, (laughs) So, you can find it on the internet. But I will not tell you where, though it is easy to find. <laughs> but um Well,
0: I totally respect that <laughs>
1: answer. But um yeah, we recorded it. Like Jack was moving houses and um his house was empty and we just like set up one mic. Like our friend Brendan came over and he was like, Yeah, I have this like one <laughs> mic in my laptop and we were like, Okay, this should work. And um <laughs> we tried really hard on it. It took like two days. Oh, really hard. <laughs> two days. Uh-huh. Two days. Two full days. <laughs> um, but yeah, but we after Corona, um I guess I guess I shouldn't say after, like it's just gonna immediately stop. Um but when me <laughs> and Jack are and Spencer of course are um like allowed to play music together, then I think that we're definitely uh gonna be recording something that we're that we're proud enough to like put um and like let people know about it um jack is such a gearhead like i said he's like getting all these mics he wants to do music by himself he has like an acoustic project or whatever so he's just like Mm -hmm. lee i got this mic and blah 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 blah." and i'm like ah cool and he's like here's how we record drums with it and blah 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 blah. and i'm like man that's cool uh i just wish that i knew what you were talking (laughs) about (laughs) Anyway, um, so yeah, I think we're going to be recording some stuff in the future. At least we're going to try really hard before Jack goes to college, just because I don't want to be a high school band uh, without anything to account for it.
0: Mm -hmm. Super cool. Well, uh, we'll definitely keep an eye out for that. I said we will. Um, There's no one in the room (laughs) with me, so I'm not sure why I said that, but the listeners of the pod will definitely keep an eye out for any new releases. So thank um, you,
1: listeners of the yeah. pod. I appreciate that. <laughs> so
0: yeah, this is this has been super fun. It's great to catch up because we haven't talked much recently, like you said. But it's very cool to, you know, talk to friends that have been made through music and catch up after a while.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um,
0: if you don't mind, just shout out. If you want people to follow you, you can shout out your Instagram or your band's Instagram, anything you would like to shout out so people know where to find you. Yeah,
1: my Instagram is Lee A. Uh, Some people think it's Leah Kress, but it is not. I (laughs) can assure you that my name is Lee. Um, Sorry, that sounded sassy. I didn't didn't mean for that to come across that way. Uh, Spelled L-E-I-G-H-A-C-R-E-S-S. And, and... I have two accounts, like, in my bio. One of them is, like, my singular, like, my personal, like, video uh, project, like, art painting project thing. And then the other one is Allison Blue Music. So if you find my Instagram, then you will find anything else that I'm doing in my life. Very cool. Yes.
0: Um, So everyone go go check it out and give it a follow if, you know – if you want to yeah, or no, not, no you know, pressure. Yeah. So if you don't want to, then yeah, don't yeah. but you definitely don't should. angrily
1: click follow, please. I would not appreciate <laughs> that. My profile picture is of a lurch from the Adams family TV show. So don't be scared. It's that's not what I look like. Um <laughs> it's just a funny little picture.
0: My girlfriend is like disappointed in me that i have not seen the adams family and so i i'm sure i'll end up seeing it eventually but i have not i seen think it.
1: when girlfriends are upset about boyfriends not seeing anything the boyfriend will see it at some point yes <laughs> <For sure. laughs> it's For not sure. a choice it's an obligation but i think it goes <laughs> both ways in a relationship anyways not that that's important or (laughs) applies to my life in any way, but.
0: (laughs) Well, um, this has been super fun. I learned a lot and I'm super glad that we got to catch up and I think people will really enjoy this. I know I've had some people tell me that they enjoyed the podcast, but they just didn't have any idea what we were talking about when we talked about gear Uh stuff. So I think this will be also a refreshing podcast for them yeah um, to talk about you know just the drummer themselves rather than the gear and um i think that's really cool so thank you a ton for doing this and you know maybe one day if i run out of guests you can be (laughs) (laughs) on.
1: i will uh even though they can't see me i'll wear like a different hat or like change my glasses Uh or something i'll talk in a little funny voice
0: yeah, for sure. Like It'll be like a completely <laughs> I've different talked person. About, I've talked about Seinfeld. I know in the first episode, maybe in the second episode as well, so I'm going to talk about it here. But there's this one episode where Jerry dates a girl, and she wears the same dress every time he sees her. And he doesn't know if she has, like, multiple of the dresses <laughs> or if it's the same yeah. one. And he, const- he tries so hard to figure it out that she, like, gets upset with him and breaks up with him. And... I don't know why I thought of that, but, um,
1: Maybe yeah, you should so. just, uh, Definite- like, <laughs> instead of combos with Cam, you just uh, name it something about Seinfeld. And, yeah, and then sure. you're talking about drums, and everyone's like, what the heck? I thought this was about Seinfeld. <laughs> anyway.
0: <laughs> I could probably definitely attract a new crowd <laughs> that way.
1: Yeah, you'll keep your old crowd. Um, maybe lose somebody <laughs> just because they're so confused. And, uh, yeah you can get all the uh 40 year old dads that like used to watch seinfeld and then they're (laughs) like oh drums too that's pretty cool
0: well if i lose anyone because of their lack of interest in (laughs) seinfeld then good riddance i don't need them
1: yeah (laughs) they weren't worthy anyways uh,
0: (laughs) absolutely um Lee, thank you so much for doing this. I really enjoyed it. Yeah,
1: I enjoyed it a um, lot as well. I think thank you for texting me out of the blue. It honestly made my day.
0: Out of the Alice out of the
1: Allison Alice in the color blue.
0: Yes, (laughs) that was. Wow, I kind of wish I hadn't have said that because I felt like I did so well the whole pod <laughs> and then that happened.
1: I feel like I have <laughs> been making so many bad jokes the entire pod. So I think <laughs> it just goes right along with whatever I was saying.
0: <laughs> well, it was an absolute fun hang yeah. and we'll have to do it again sometime. And I look forward to hearing any music that y'all put out anytime soon. Um, same you, yeah. um, And so uh, definitely keep in touch. Yeah,
1: for sure. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, thank you. Um, Okay.